0: Uh, thank you. A couple things. Uh, let's do a quick introduction. Uh, my name's Chris. Again, I'm a pastor in Omaha, and uh, I, it's so good to see you guys. I saw some of you guys this morning. Mostly you saw me yell at you, but you guys actually came back, and this is my friend Joe, so go ahead. Hey, my name's Joe.
1: Hey, guys. Uh, I'm also a pastor in Omaha, same church, actually. So
0: yeah. is anyone here from Omaha? Yeah. Omaha. All right, all right. So, uh, me, so I, I met Jesus in college. Joe was at that same college. He was a year older, he was a big brother, and a great friend, he's walked with me. If this is walking with the hurting and suffering, Joe's a guy who has been used by God to walk with me at times through pain and suffering. Additionally, uh, when the church started to grow, Joe was one of the very first people we tried to hire, and uh, he came onto our staff team originally as our counseling and care pastor, has a master's in that, and has just faithfully loved people in our church with really messy, broken places. Additionally, we've done college mystery together. And so we've been in your chair and we know the crazy tensions like, um, and so let me just start with some tensions you might be feeling. Remember when you guys were like, somebody invited you to like lead a Bible study and you're like, man, all of your, what are your original anxieties? When somebody invites you to start leading in that way, I I remember thinking, man, what am I going to teach? Like what, I don't know if I have the curriculum and the PDF and how do I lead this group and am I talking too much so I need to ask better questions are like regular stuffed Oreos okay or do you need to upgrade and go double stuff like there's a lot of things to figure out. And you're also just like, for me, when I was in college as a new believer, so theologically people coming from different places, like yep. people are Catholic, people are Pentecostal, people are reformed. And you're trying to figure out this spectrum of like, how do I kind of lead us into a place where we're experiencing the word of God? And, and then you start to realize, oh my gosh, it's so much more than just leading a discussion around the Bible. Yeah. There's college students that are going to show up and come to your dorm room or come over to your house or people are going to be in your life and they're going to be friends from high school or people are are investing in while you're on college and their parents get a divorce Mm -hmm. and their whole world gets shattered or they're in a relationship and they cross that line and and they're suffering in significant ways because um, somebody sinned against them. There's people that you guys know that are going to be sexually assaulted and somebody's going to do some things that that wasn't welcomed and wanted. And so you're in this place, like I thought I was leading a discussion about Jesus on Tuesday night in my dorm room and come to find out there's all kinds of things that walk in because people are walking through pain and suffering. So I'm just acknowledging one of the tensions that you're gonna feel as you step in, you're already like, man, I already kind of feel inadequate. (laughs) I already feel like, I don't know if I'm really ready for every question that's coming in that door and then stuff gets messy. And uh, I think this is what we call life. Uh, And so I just want to know if you felt that burden to be like, man, what am I going to do? What's my response to these people? Do I move away? Do I move in? Do I stay near? Um, How do I help serve, love, and walk with these people? I I appreciate that tension. So um, I want to say a couple more things. One, it's like your third breakout session today. (laughs) It's 197 degrees in this room. And I just want to say, I love you guys. Yeah. Like. I just I think it's remarkable that um, you're here in this room, choosing to get equipped so that you can serve the people yes. of God yeah. and display the grace of God to people who are in, in a place of suffering and pain. Yeah. So, can you guys just give yourselves a round of yeah. applause? Like yeah. it's awesome. Can you just say that? Like that's that's amazing. You guys are the worst at clapping for yourselves I've ever seen. Well, they're all suffering. They're so. all suffering. So good. Uh, so. I just want to say that's not normal, and we'll talk about why that's not normal uh, here in a little bit. So before you ever try to shepherd anyone, you probably need to realize that like Jesus is your good shepherd. Can we do that? So you really have nothing to offer anyone if you haven't been shepherded by the good shepherd, uh, if you haven't experienced his presence, if you haven't been restored by his grace, if you haven't felt his nearness in times, if you haven't clinged to the promise of Hebrews 13, 5 that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So what I want to do is I'm just a huge Bible guy. I just don't want to give you tips. I just, can we just read the Bible together? Can we do that for a little bit? So I'm going to read something you probably know, but Psalm 23 is a great way to remind us. This is how God shepherds us and maybe how God would call us to help shepherd and show that kind of grace to other people. Okay. So he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I love this. Verse three, he restores my soul. Amen. Yeah. Come on, y'all. Some of y'all know what it feels like to be tired and weary and exhausted and burnt out and anxious. And you know, you don't need another Starbucks, right? Starbucks does help. It's a common grace from God. Thank you, yes. Jesus, for that. <laughs> right. But, but you don't need another two hours scrolling on Instagram. You don't just need another four hours to watch some Netflix. What do we not need? Do we not need the Lord to restore our souls? Amen right we need him to touch some things in our lives he leads me in the path of righteousness and i love this god is so god centered in his shepherding do you see what he does it why does he do it for his name's sake even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death life is messy i will fear no evil why what's my confidence for you are with me right god is the constant your circumstances will consistently be changing The only thing that is certain is uncertainty continues to abound in your life. But what is our confidence? Lord, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And by the way, this is David saying, I'll sh- I should dwell in the house of the Lord forever, which is like not just now, but like forever, ever, like eternity ever, which is just such a great gospel reminder. Why does David have confidence that like he's going to be in the house of the Lord? When, if you guys read your Bibles, you guys know like David was kind of a hot mess, right? Like he danced with his shirt off because the Lord had answered some prayers. Praise God. So if you do that at salt, just say it's biblical. Right. Literally right. sun's out, guns out. Just trying to worship the Lord in an dignified way. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Some women started mocking him. He popped off to them too. Okay. So, um, and so, so you guys are like, what did we get from that session? I think permission to dance with our shirts off tonight. I think that's what it was. Uh, honestly, that would be great. I think if you guys get kicked out because you're, you know, the dudes especially. Okay. So, um, I just, what, so when I look at this, I'm like, what is his confidence? His confidence is that, um, he understands he's not going to earn his way into the presence of the Lord but that he has a future confidence of the Savior Jesus that's going to come. And so um, what a great word, just to remind us that we need to be shepherded. We have a good shepherd in God. This is how he relates to us. He's kind, he's near, he protects, he provides, he leads, he feeds, he restores. This is the way that God has chosen to interact with us. And so in light of that now, what is our ministry to others? So real quick, uh, a couple stories about kind of what I expected um, ministry to be. Um, when I planted a church, uh, I thought, "Man, if I could learn how to like do weddings, and I could learn how to preach a little bit, and you know, like there's church discipline and leading elders, and you think all these different things you got to learn." And really quickly, I realized that like there's a stage ministry and then off the stage ministry, and the off the stage ministry is like walking with people who are in extreme pain and suffering. And sometimes people are in a place of suffering because they put themselves there because they've disobeyed God and they've placed them place placed themselves in a place of an addiction. They've fractured relationships. They've blown up their marriage. They've wounded their kids. They've done something to self-sabotage their lives. That's one kind of f- form of suffering. There's also a kind of suffering of like, this is just people get diagnosed with stuff because we're on this side of eternity. And um, a couple of the stories is, There's a guy named Tim, part of our church, he had like uh, five kids, Uh, Kelsey, his wife was awesome and they're like the all-American couple. You know, you look at them, she like ran track, and they're fun, and he's like a huge Husker fan, and uh, they're just just a great family. Every time they walk in church, they're ready to worship God, and you just love them. And, um, and then he said, man, I got some back problems. I can't figure out what's going on. I'm going to go to a chiropractor. And so we start walking with Tim and start praying for Tim. He got diagnosed with cancer, and it's all up and down his spine. And so we bring him to the elders, and we say, man, Tim, like, we got to pray over you and we pray over Tim and his biggest fear was Chris if I die of cancer I'm not worried about what's gonna to happen to me I'm worried about what happens to my wife it literally had five kids like under the age of seven yeah. and you're like this is this is bad and so we prayed for Tim we prayed for his wife Kelsey and Tim passed of cancer and so now I'm standing up and doing a funeral and I'm visiting Kelsey as a widow and you're trying to figure out how do I apply the grace of God to this dear woman who you're not just going to drop a verse and solve all her problems, right? Um, I can't, I can't, there's so many things I can't be. And so I'm so limited. What are my tools and how do I walk with people? And um, so there is suffering in college, but I just want you to know, as you continue to serve in the body of Christ, um, you're going to, you're going to be called to move towards people like Kelsey. Uh, to walk with those kind of people who are in the body of Christ. Who are your brothers and sisters? They've done nothing wrong. Um, But they're in a place of suffering. So why are we there, Joe? Can you help me understand biblically, like, why does that stuff happen? Are you asking me why? Bad things
1: happen to people. Yeah, are you dropping that question. No, I'm, on I'm me? just,
0: I'm just dropping the like. Give me, little, give me a little, Bible that tells me why. Why is there suffering and pain in this world? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No. So I think that's reality, right? And um, I, I also just want to acknowledge, you know, if you're in this room, not only are you probably walking with someone who's suffering, you might be suffering on your own. Yeah. Um, so you might be walking into in here asking, listen, I don't, I don't necessarily need. Like, to hear how to walk with someone who's suffering, how do I walk with myself? Mm-hmm. How am I, like, I'm suffering right now. So I just want to acknowledge that. Uh, that's probably uh, a reality in this room right now. Um, and, and, yeah, one of the big questions that inevitably comes up whenever we talk about suffering is why. Yeah. Why? We, we want to know the answer. Why does God allow good things to happen? Or, sorry, bad things to happen to good people. Good things happen to bad people. We're all bad. Uh, but why? 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 And I've got good news and then bad news and then really good news for you. So we're, we're going to walk through that a little bit. Um, the good news is we can actually answer that question in, in a general sense. Uh, and what I mean by that is is why is there suffering? Why is there pain? Why is there death? Why is there hurt? Why is its existence here? Well, we can answer that in a general sense. We can an, even answer, like, why is it here between the cross and when Jesus comes again. We, we can answer that. What we can't answer is, is we can't answer that question in a specific sense. And what I mean by that is, why are you suffering? Why was it your mom that guy diagnosed? Why is it your roommate that suffered a sexual assault? We can't answer a specific, this in a specific sense Because we, we, we have to recognize that, that we are not God and we cannot crawl into the mind of God. We cannot have the mind of God. And so we're going to answer this in a general sense, but I want you to know that, that we're, we're not going to be able to answer it in a specific sense. And you may not get those answers on this side of eternity. There's no guarantee. There's sometimes that, that God pulls back maybe some of the curtain, a little bit of the curtain. Hey, this is something I was doing in your life during this suffering. This was something I was doing in your life when you were walking with your, your good friend through that. But he doesn't always do that. So we can't, we can't have a guarantee that we're going to have a specific answer to our specific suffering. But it is super helpful for us to understand why there is suffering in the first place. And where we're headed, where are we going? Is this going to be here forever? Like, what, what is this thing? And so what, what we have to know and what we have to understand, um, and hopefully this isn't news to, to many of you, you're created. You're a created being, and you're created by a, a, a person. You're created by a God who created you in his image, but this is important. He created you to be dependent on him. Do you know that? You were created to be fully dependent on your creator. You read all through the Old and the New Testament. You can simplify God's call to his people as be dependent on me. Rely on me. And so that's what we were created for. But in Genesis 3, which by the way, get to know Genesis 1, 2, and 3 in your Bibles. If you want to learn how to read the entire Bible no, Genesis one, two, and three. The themes that are born there are 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 fleshed out throughout the rest of the Bible. So anyway, that's an aside. Genesis three, we rebel. We say, Okay, we see that, that you're calling us to be dependent on you, but but we're gonna rebel. We don't wanna be dependent on you. And so God gave us what we wanted. We wanted to be independent, our own gods. And so God gave us that, but with that came some consequences. And this is where we get into suffering. This is where we get into pain. This is where we get into disease. This is where we get into relational conflict. This is where we get into all of this, because every bad thing that you have ever experienced, every bad thing that you have ever experienced was architected by those first humans, the fall. fall. Sin. Sin brought on every bad thing that exists in this world. And so we brought this on ourselves. We just got done kind of going through the book of Ecclesiastes, which is like an upside down, like, whoa, everything is meaningless. What is this thing? But what we have to realize is we created all of that. The, the reason that there feels like there's meaningless, the reason that there feels like there's pain is because we created it, that there, there's sin in the world. So that's the bad news. The bad news is between our creation, the cross, and the new Jerusalem coming down heaven, coming to us, there's going to be pain, there's going to be suffering, and it's going to affect you whether you are a follower of Christ or you are not. We are all in this, this same world together. But there's good news. And God starts sharing this good news over and over and over with us. But I, I love Psalm 34, 18. It says that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. So we have a problem that we created that God moves toward. He doesn't say, you know what, you got what you want, you're on your own. But no, it says he is near to the brokenhearted. He is near. And the thing that was true of God then is true of God now. In fact, he didn't stop there in, in the, 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 the voice of the psalmist. He didn't stop in Genesis uh, uh, when he said, hey, something good is going to happen. But but he came to this earth. He pursued a mess that we made and stepped into that mess to live a life that we couldn't, to die a death that we deserved, and then to defeat the worst thing that we know and understand, which is death. And so God entered into that. And so through Jesus, God is reversing that thing that we put in motion, that that idea that that we are um, deserving of, of death and judgment and sin and all the bad things that we have in this world. God is reversing that through Jesus and then we see in Re- uh, where we are going, Revelation 21.4. And this is a, a paraphrase of Isaiah as well. It makes the connection in Revelation. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to just think about this for a second. If you've ever really thought about the reality of what awaits you, with your Savior in eternity. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You will never again cry. You will never again experience a pain that causes you to cry out in emotion. Death shall be no more. We won't even be able to conceive of death. Something that's a reality for everyone that is born, we will no longer be able to conceive of. And even imagine something like that. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So that's where we're going. Guys, that is really, really good news. We started with good news, and then bad news, and now we have really, really good news. But here's the thing. We're still here, aren't we? Did that change your pain, anyone? Did that end your suffering, that little three-minute Bible study? No? Dang it. We must have done something wrong. Um, but no, we're, we're still here, are we not? So why does this matter? Why does this gospel, which that's what I just shared with you, I shared the gospel with you, why does it matter when it comes to suffering if we're still going to experience it? Suffering has a way of showing us to the reality of our world. It has a way of uncovering what Satan would like to cover. When we have pain, we automatically remember that initial ac- uh, uh, question. We ask why. Well, Christians aren't the only ones that ask why. Why is this here? And so it's to uncover something that is covered. And listen, as a follower of Christ, if you have believed in the gospel, you have the very tool to step into these places. You have nothing to fear. Because you have got the good news of the gospel. You are a saved, adopted, redeemed, looking forward to heaven person. And so you can step into the most painful of circumstances and be there. And be with those people because you don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of pain. You don't have to be afraid of the negative things that are here that we designed and that we architected in the first place. So one thing I, I, I hope you, you hear and, and you understand and you know is that, Christian, you have the very good news that needs to be spoken into the darkest places of our world. Great. You have the light that shines into someone's worst possible news. And we'll get to some practical things on like how that's not like we don't want to like throw platitudes at people like, oh, you have cancer. Let me tell you about Jesus. Okay, slow down. Let's maybe take our time with that. But you literally have the light that shines into the darkness. So that is why we step into it.
0: Yep. Thank you, Joe. Fantastic. He just went from Genesis to Revelation and helped you see that like suffering came from the fall. Sin entered the world. God didn't just leave us as sufferers on this side. He promised to come and actually usher in a day when suffering will be no more. What I want you to know is the purpose of suffering, exactly what you said for me, man, guys, we live in a very comfortable American culture. And I think the American lie is like, if you have enough money and if you can be in the right neighborhood and if you can get the right coaching and right the counseling, like you're just going to be able to navigate this world without pain and suffering. And I'm just telling you, like, no one escapes it. Like it's going to touch you, right? Like I live in a suburban neighborhood now, and I can tell you that there's closet alcoholics and empty marriages and women that are absolutely depressed and kids that got anxiety problems and suicidal thoughts. And it's all right there, but you get their Christmas card and you're like, man, these people look awesome, (laughs) right? But you get close to them and you're like, they're suffering. And the problem is, is for Christians, you actually have hope. The day of suffering is going to be no more. And you know that the Lord can sustain you in your suffering. And the Lord is actually using your suffering to refine you on this side of eternity. And as Joe said, suffering in this world remember, helps you remember, this is not your home, Christian. Like this is, this is not, the, it's not as it should be. And, and God is going to make it as it should be. But just understand, the reason you're uncomfortable in this place is because it's not your home. You're passing through. Does it make sense? And so if you felt at home in this world, that would be a problem. You would have no longing for glory, right? right? Uh, uh, Random two things. I'm going to get personal and political. Personal. It's going to be fun. Okay, Okay, here we go. Personal. So uh, you know my story and you've seen it very closely. I have a mom who has pretty significant mental health issues. So you're like, "What, what does this promise do for you? Well, when your mom has mental health issues and she sabotages, sabotages relationships and her own financial future when she's been misunderstood and when she has made a mess of her life, when it has caused absolute chaos and we've taken her to doctors, we've got her on medication, we've done counseling, we've done therapy, we do check-ins and guess what? There's no solution on this side of eternity for my mom. So, what do you do? You rejoice that there is a day coming when she will open up her eyes on the other side of eternity and for the first time in her life think correctly. There's no other promise on this side of eternity. God might heal her, and I pray that he does. But if he doesn't heal her now, he will heal her later. Amen. Okay? Second one, let's get political, is all of the problems in our world, right? You've got racism. You've got all of these different isms going on in our world. And some of them, everybody's trying to figure out how do we solve these problems? If we just elect the right official, they'll figure it all out. Guys, some of these problems are not just political system problems. They're sinful, broken human heart problems. And they're going to, they're not new. They're old problems that have been happening for thousands of years because humanity is broken. And so we hurt each other. <laughs> and so when does all of that get relieved? Well, not when the next guy gets in power, you know, like that's why people get so feistied up. They're all longing for the new heavens, new earth. Mm-hmm. They're just looking to the wrong king to make it happen. Okay. And so tell your parents to take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. The king is going to come back. He's going to sort it all out. But until then, You just got people yelling about how we're going to fix the problem, and honestly, no one's going to be able to fix the problem, right? And so the church is going to continue to push force the kingdom of God to apply the gospel, to try to be salt and light, to try to redeem what can be redeemed on this side of eternity. And then the king comes back. Amen. Amen? Amen. Awesome.
1: All right, well, let's get some practical practical. tips, and then if we have time, uh, we'll do a little Q&A, which seems a little... uh, Just dicey with uh, a couple hundred people in the room, but
0: we'll see where it goes. All right. You want to jump in? Yeah. So uh, what do you do, right? So somebody's in your group. Let's get into the what do you do. So, uh, well, number one, where are you guys at right here? You're here. Okay, perfect. Got it. Uh, The first thing is you do is you actually like, one of the best ways you can serve God's people who are in suffering is actually pray for them. Pray with them and pray for them. And I know that sounds like the Christian answer, but that's not. We believe that God answers prayer. We believe that God moves through prayer yep. and we believe like it matters so much when you're in a place where you feel so weak. Sometimes your lips can't even utter your own prayers to God because you're in such a broken place. Yep. If somebody literally walks over and says, I want to pray with you, you guys know that moment where like you're listening to somebody's pain and you're like at this internal battle like, do I just ask him, can I pray for him? Yeah. No, 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 I won't. Cause I'll just tell him I'll pray for him later, but then I'll forget to pray for him later. Because I'm too busy with other, I'm just scrolling or I'm, you know, you know, that moment I'm telling you, um, it it is not weird, especially if people are in a place of suffering, even in our anti-God society to say, can I pray for you? My non-Christian neighbors, they love it when I pray for them. They don't even know who I'm praying to. (laughs) I don't know if it's Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, one of the prophets. I don't know who it is, but somebody help, you know? So... Throw a little Tom Cruise and Oprah in there. I don't know. Like, who knows? They just are excited. Somebody who knows God is praying to God. Does it make sense? So, like, it's not only, like, great for brothers and sisters to pray for one another. It is missional. Yep. I, I had, like, when my neighbors let me know their pain points, I'm like, listen, I don't know what I got, but I just, I believe that God can actually move in that thing. And so I just, can we just ask him to move in the thing? And they're like, I've almost never been told no. Yep. Um, and so anyways, I just want you to say that prayer is a real blessing Pray to people. Pray. Uh, number two, be present. Mm-hmm. Do you know being present is a
1: ministry? We call it the ministry of presence. Yeah. We're walking through the book of Job and Job's friends are the worst. Of I mean, worst. They just they're just the worst. absolute worst. worst, but there's like two lines of goodness that we get from Job's friends. That's at the very beginning before they open their traps. They sit quietly with Job for seven days. Yep. Don't say a word. Mm. They're just there. They're with him. I want you to know, and if you, uh, you've, you've probably suffered in, in your past. You know just having someone there yeah. means the absolute world to you. And, and kind of like Chris is saying, there's this internal wrestle, right? And when you're present, you're like, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? What do I do? What do I say? I don't know what I'm going to say. What, what am I going to do? Oh, and then you just avoid and you remove your presence, right? Because you feel uncomfortable. You're like, I, I don't know how to step into this. But I'm telling you, show up. Your presence. Put your body yep. next to
0: their body, yep. as my friend Chris likes yeah. to say in some. Not no, in like a weird way, because that could be a bad dating advice. So don't put that on Twitter. <laughs> like, oh, you just said put my body on somebody. Like, no. Just be very like, careful with that. Yeah. Like worry embodied people embodied in Genesis. People. That's yep. one of the things. We're given a we'll body. We'll be given new bodies. You got to get your yep. body next to people sometimes yep. to do ministry. Yep. So, this,
1: this distance is a good distance. Like an appropriate
0: distance. Not like, like just like, you know, because I mean, you know, there's, you know, it gets... Okay. All right. Okay. Keep going. Be there. Show up. Like in a socially normal way. Right. right.
1: In fact, I need two volunteers. No, get I'm up here right
0: up. now. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, uh, number three. Number three, <laughs> number three is listening, listening and not fixing. So uh, one of the great ways is just drawing people out. So if you can get them in an environment where you can say, "Hey, tell me what's going on," and uh, get them to actually talk and place, just ask great questions. Uh, don't feel like you got to be quick to be like. a Couple of things avoid. Please don't one up people. That absolutely kills. Oh, you, you had you have cancer. I i rolled my ankle one time in high school. It's crazy. Does it hurt? It hurt too. Right? Like the, just don't do that. Bad, bad. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, so don't always be trying to be like, I can relate. Let me just one up you. Don't do that. Not helpful. Uh, listening is super helpful. Just ask questions like li- and, and just listen to their thing and don't feel like you got to just fix it with some coaching and some advice. Okay. So th- it's powerful. I'm telling you it is powerful just to be on, on a side where you have somebody that's safe. And even tell them that. Like, this is a safe place. Like, you don't have to give me the one-minute answer. Yep. Like, I'm actually looking for, like, like give me the more-than-one-minute answer. And, yep. and, and give me the, like, I'm not trying to jesus everything. Yep. Right? Like, yep. it, this is safe to say I'm lonely and I'm angry. Yep. Or I'm, I'm legitimately bitter right now. Mm-hmm. Or I'm feeling massive anxiety. Like, it's okay yep. for you to say those words around me. Does yep. it make sense? So give them permission. Let them know you want to listen. Yep. It's good.
1: Um, Encourage them. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where we have to be careful. Sometimes you're going to give encouragement to make yourself feel better. Mm. Does that make sense? Like to to cut the tension, uh, to feel like you had an answer, to feel like, you know, if I'm doing my job, I'm encouraging them. So we want to stay away from like trite, um, like encouragements that are really only meant to make us feel better, but actually genuinely encourage them. Um, if you know that you're going to meet with a friend, maybe look up a couple of Bible verses mm-hmm. and, and just have them on your mind, right? I mean, Psalm 34 that I shared earlier, God is near, uh, God is near right? We, we, we need to, to remember that, that all suffering for the follower of Christ is temporary. temporary. And we can encourage them to fix their eyes on Jesus without expecting some kind of fix, yeah. right? We look to Jesus in the midst of our pain, not to relieve our pain, mm. Does that makes sense. And so encourage them, but genuinely encourage them. Not tritely, not expecting things to get way better, but because they have the same savior that you do.
0: Look into. Joe does this super well, but follow up with people. So there's always the initial trauma that happens in somebody with pain and suffering. There's like this inciting incident. You learn about it, you listen, um, you pray, whatever that is. But like, if you can remember like a week later, two days later, after you walk away from them, that like they're, whatever they're going through with their pain and suffering, like you're just going on with the next class and you've got, you know, the next test to study for and you got your next workout or some, whatever you're doing, but what they're still underneath a cloud. Yep. Does it make sense? Yep. And so it's extraordinarily beautiful when you get out of your little selfish world and are like, they're still over here. Yep. Right. And so when we bury people, I know this sounds crazy, but some of you guys are going to be pastors. It's going to be great. Um, but when you walk with people through pain and suffering, like we literally put like the funeral date in our phones to text the people who have passed. Sometimes, like just say hey, like for Kelsey, right? Like Kelsey's husband, I just text her um, a couple times a year. Like, listen, uh, I still pray for your family, mm-hmm. and I still miss him. Mm-hmm. And how you doing? Right? Just following up yeah. in that moment, reaching back out to text, pray, call, check back in. Uh, don't have like one deep conversation and they're like, I'm in pain, pain and struggling. You're like, we'll never talk about that again, actually. You know, like that's a little bit of a miss. All right. Yeah, yeah. That's good.
1: Those little things mean so, so, so much. Um, okay. Uh, next, uh, persevere. Uh, don't be easily offended. And what I mean by that is when people are in pain, they have these, uh, we all have these funny defense mechanisms, right? We don't like being in pain. And and so generally, when we are in pain, we're going to try to keep people away from it because it feels raw. It feels um, like vulnerable. It's all of these things. And so uh, a lot of times when you're in pain or if you're dealing with someone who is in pain, you're going to maybe get like a little bit of bite back, like a little bit of I don't want you here, like a little bit of um, like just a defense mechanism. Yeah. And so don't be easily offended. Oh, I can't believe she would say that. I'm just trying to care for her. Or I, I can't believe why is he ghosting me on text message? Like what, what's going on here, right? Like persevere. Yeah. Be a good friend yeah. and, and continue in that.
0: Sweet. Uh, practical helps. So, one of the ways you can show God's grace is just to show up and actually, if they have any practical needs, like try to meet those needs, right? So, um, it, like even this conference, there was probably somebody at campus that really wrestled with like financially, can we do that? Yep. Like, can you just come alongside somebody and and if you can't cover it, you get a group of people who can cover it. Yep. Um, we do this with like meal trains and like casseroles at our church. Like I've eaten more carbohydrates yep. in my so life many, so many. and people put so much cheese, cheese on it. So many cheese. cheeses. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's real. Yep. Like, I mean, there's a, yep. that's just, I so many examples of people with car problems and you're like, Man, let's come alongside and help yep. people who can't go on, you know, mission trips, say yes to God, figure out a way to bless them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a million things.
1: Yeah, you might have. Uh, I think someone did an, an anxiety uh, one, and I know anxiety is at an all-time high right yeah, now. It yeah. went up like forty percent during COVID uh, for people. You might have kids uh, near your, you know, on your dorm floor or whatever it might be. They're so anxious, they're nervous to walk to class. Walk mm. them to class, mm. right? Knock on their door, say, "Hey, do you want like me to come help?" wake you up and, and walk to class. So just little practical things like that are really, really good. Okay, are we on the last one? Yep. Okay, um, expect your own emotions. It's hard, guys. Yep. And you're especially if you are uh, close to this person, you're going to suffer with them. The Bible says to to mourn with those who mourn and rejoice with those who rejoice, that that we as the family of God do that with one another. And so you're actually going to mourn with them. And so expect your own emotions and you're going to be so uncomfortable. Okay, Can we just get that out on the floor as an expectation? This is uncomfortable. Nobody wants to be reminded of suffering sucks. It's hard, but it's a reality of where we are at. And so just expect your own emotions. Expect that you're not going to want to do it. Expect that you're going to try to find every excuse to not send that text message, to not walk that kid to class, to not do whatever it might be, but walk forward anyways. Expect your own emotions. Expect that pushback that you're going to have
0: internally. Uh, Real quick story, and then I want to ask you a question like, when do you call for help? So some of you guys should be asking like, yeah, but I'm not like a licensed therapist. And it seems like things are getting dark. Nobody else got there. Okay. So we're going to, Joe's going to answer that. Uh, We had a friend uh, in college named Mike. Mike was a freshman with me and he was like a guy I looked up to. He's like pre-med. He was athletic. He was super fun. Godly dude, outgoing dude. Awesome guy. Uh, Mike ended up getting somebody pregnant in college. And uh, what was so messy about that as i'll never forget he actually, you know the way he told me that and and what our community did in response and i thought it was actually a picture of the gospel yep. so when somebody falls into sin and there's messiness in their life i think a gospel centered culture doesn't move away from those people they actually move in and was awesome. Like yep. like we organized a wedding. And Mike was repentant. I Mike mean, was repentant. To, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he, he was, was mean, like, I,
1: yeah. He I'm, didn't need us to tell him it was sin. Like right. he knew.
0: He, he sinned. Yeah. And so he was repentant, committing like, hey, I'm going to actually walk in purity now and you know all the things. But what was amazing about our community is like, we're like, let's throw you a wedding and let's throw a baby shower. And let's actually come alongside you. And, and you're not like just the, on the outside. Like we're still going to walk with you. Yep. Yep. I look back on that and it was like. I just am so thankful that God gave us the insight to be like, Mike's our brother in Christ still. Yep, yep. Like he, he made a mess of some things and he didn't, he didn't like, I wouldn't want that for anyone, but God, Mike's still married. Yep. He still loves those kids. Like, he he's a godly, he had so know. many kids. A lot. They've been pregnant they for stop. 20 years. Stop. It's been right. unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I'm glad he's smart. Cause he needed to pay for all the kids. Yep. I don't know. Yep. Anyways. So there you go.
1: Okay. So how, when do we call for help? Yeah. Okay. This is a a legitimate question. So, um, a lot of times physical pain and mental health go together. Uh, not all the time, but they do. And sometimes your suffering is there because of, uh, mental health. So, um, how do you know when you need to involve more than just you? First of all, you need to know that you're not Jesus. Yep. Okay, you're not going to fix. You're you are not going to be the person that drags this person out of whatever suffering it is they're having, whatever mental health uh, thing they're dealing with. Okay, so take that pressure off yourself, Um, and then I would say, ask for help sooner, (laughs) sooner rather than later. Um, And so, uh, some things that that you can just judge uh, is if you're hearing like a lot of hopelessness. Um, if you're hearing a lot of "I just wish I wasn't around," um, you, you know, hearing a lot of things that are like this person literally is is making statements that are are worrisome to me. It is okay to to ask for help to to call. Um, you know, maybe it's a, a counselor at school, or uh, maybe it's uh, their parent, or uh, you know what I'm saying. Bring community in to to try to help in these situations. You are not um, you are not alone in that. I'll say, um, in in an emergency situation, use the emergency resources that we have. Yeah. So if if there's somebody who that you're walking with and they have got an active plan to harm themselves, to kill themselves, whatever it might be, 911 is your friend. You might be worried about what they're going to think of you, how they're going to feel about you, all of those things, but I need you to know 911 is your friend in those situations. It is okay to reach out in an emergency to people who know how to handle these things in an emergency. Does that make sense? And so it's in those situations uh, that the safety of the person really needs to trump what are they going to think of me if I called this person on them or, or whatever it might be. Yeah. It's good. So Chris, are you going to ask me that one? Or am I going to ask you You that one?
0: I don't know if I have a good answer, so you'll have to save it, but that's fine.
1: Okay, great. How do you set boundaries? What happens if someone I don't know if you've ever been around people that are
0: like really depressed, but they can get really needy. And so, um, What I mean is like, if you're not careful, you can create this like super codependent relationship. So the question is like, you got to create boundaries. Like when do they have access to you? What is that relationship? Like how much are you going to give? Um, because really well meaning Christians can just get pulled into like this vortex of sometimes neediness and people will start to manipulate you. And actually like it, it's not healthy. And so, I don't know if I have a great answer. Like yeah. it's so hard just to say, "I'm going to move towards you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to show God's grace to you." But I'm not always going to answer your phone calls at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's got to be a boundary. I'm not here to fix all of yeah. your problems. Additionally, I always look at like what can I do versus what can't I do. Mm-hmm. I can pray. I can listen. I yeah. can encourage. Yep. I can do these things. Yep. I cannot be your financial advisor. I can't pay off all your school loans. Mm-hmm. I'm not your medical practitioner. You might need to get on mental health medication. Mm-hmm. You might need to see a counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know how to process the sexual abuse you went through right. with your brother. Right. There's right. a million things I cannot do. Mm-hmm. So I'm really quick to say, this is what I can do. Yep. If you're looking for a friend, yep. I want to be your friend. Yep. If you want to learn about Christ and remember the promises we have in him, mm-hmm. I'm your person. Yep. If you want somebody to pray with, walk with, literally go physically exercise with, i I can do all those things. Right. Yep. There's limits to my capacity mm-hmm. and my capabilities. Right. I just don't have some of those competencies. Right. And I also want to help you understand this is my life. Yep. So what I've done is like just this last week, um, here's a guy who's going through a divorce in our church. He, and so he walked up to the get connected booth and was like, I need a pastor. So they're like, go talk to that guy, which is always my favorite. Like yes. you just never know what you're getting. Yep. So, uh, you go over there. And so he's like, I need a pastor. Uh, my wife let me know I want to get a divorce this week, and it's really messy. And so um, I sat with him the whole service, okay? Prayed with him at the end of the service, gave him my personal cell phone number. I was like, bro, I want you to call me this week. And uh, so he, he did. He called me, but he texted me like 75,000 times. And so like I had already said yes to like I have dinner that night. I have something in the morning. I could just I could not get to it. So I call him back like, you know, 36 hours later, I'm like, I am so sorry, man. It has been a crazy ride. He's like, yeah, I just felt like you just didn't even care. And like, you are not there for me in a season of need. I'm like, bro, I literally don't give people my cell phone number. So I'm going to smash you in the face. First of all, I am, I am your only friend right now and you are mad at me. So, but I just had to set a boundary. like, listen, bro, this is, I had said yes to some things before I said yes to you. And so I want to be there, but there's going to be times where I have four kids. They need to get put to bed at night. I have a wife. I need to have conversations with her. I have a church. I have responsibilities and jobs. I have meetings. I have to prepare to start preach. So if you're just, I just want you to know, I can't, I'm probably not the f- best texter right away okay, but understand I love you. And when I, when you've got me, I've got another hour to sit on the phone with you. But right now, I just want you to know if you're always going to get frustrated, it's just not going to work. Additionally, we have paid counselors on our staff team. Let me give you their number. Okay. And so I just try to say, Hey, I want to be that guy, but here's the reality of my life. Like this is just my life. Okay. This is what I have margin for. And and I'm, I'm I'm going to give it to you, but this is what I can do and what I can't do. Does it make sense? I hope that helps.
1: Yep. That's good. Boom. Um, don't punch anyone in the face by the way. Don't do that. But you're going
0: to want to sometimes.
1: Um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I would just say the same thing. You're not Jesus, yep. right? The, the Bible doesn't tell you to have boundaries. It doesn't. Right. So your boundaries might look different, but I think what you need to recognize, you're not Jesus. Yep. You recognize your limitations. He's, he's always accessible.
0: Yep. I'm not exactly. always accessible.
1: Exactly. Yep. Okay. So um, we've got a few tools for you. Um, uh, not to hand out to you. I saw some smiles. Oh, we're getting free stuff. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Swag booth. Just yep. go take it. Go to the merch See table. See if they stop you. Tell them Chris said <laughs> No. 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 Um, Okay, so a a couple of good books for you if you're if you're a note taker, which I've seen a lot of you doing, which is amazing, Amazing. Um, a book called Side by Side, uh, which is written by Ed Welch. Really, really helpful book. How do we actually walk with one another as followers of Christ, especially and specifically uh, in these instances of suffering? Uh, The second one is called Suffering. Uh, by Paul Tripp. It's got a longer subtitle, uh, but Paul David Tripp, uh, Suffering is, is a great one. Um, there is a, a Christian counseling organization called CCEF um, on their website. They've got wonderful, wonderful uh, resources for you. They also have these like little booklets. I know one of them is on suffering, but they have a depression and addiction and, and all of these things, just these little booklets to help us understand them. Um, And then uh, uh, at City Light in Omaha, uh, our care team that that Chris had mentioned actually started a podcast. I believe there are about 12 episodes in about. Uh, It's called Reclaiming Hope. Reclaiming Hope and so uh, they walk through a lot of this how do you walk with someone in this situation how do you walk with someone in this situation how do I deal with this situation in my life Uh, so it's called Reclaiming Hope Uh, you can find it on your Apple podcast I would uh, if you have an Android I I don't know you might not be a Christian yep agree Uh, but
0: (laughs) please uh, pray for him please so
1: talk to one of your Apple friends I'm sure they'll let you borrow uh, their phone repent and believe the gospel (laughs) of Apple please (laughs)
0: Uh, we have lost all credibility in yeah, Des Moines, it's Iowa. It's all done. It's so uh,
1: We had it until the end. Then you yep. punch someone in the face, and well, I told everyone they're not a Christian. Yep. I yep. added We're something gonna, to the gospel. Please Jesus edit that out. Apple. Yep.
0: Yep. Okay. That's all we have for you. Be blessed. Uh, let me pray real quick, all right? So, God, we want to say thank you, Jesus, for this time. And we do thank you that you are a good shepherd. Um, we thank you that you love us and that you don't leave us and that, God, you have moved towards us in our pain and our suffering. We also look forward to the day, God, when we don't have to give talks about how to walk with people in pain yeah. and suffering yeah. because that day's coming. And, uh, God, we... we say, you are welcome to return. And uh, also, Lord, I just want to pray that you'd, you would encourage and empower these students to walk with whoever they is. It could be their parents. It could literally be their brother and sister. It could be their the person they share a dorm with. God, I just want to pray that these would be the kind of people that apply the grace of God to those who are walking through pain and suffering. So God, sustain them uh, in their endeavors to show and share the love of Christ with those in hard seasons. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, God. Thanks, Appreciate guys. you.